0: Welcome to How We Did It, a podcast dedicated to dentists teaching dentists. This podcast is powered by eAssist Dental Solutions, the nation's leading platform for outsourced dental billing and other services. All of the guests are winners of eAssist's Top Practice Award who share their experiences, best practices, and what sets them apart in their communities. Their opinions and recommendations are their own, and you should consult with your own professional advisors with respect to your own practice. Welcome everyone to today's episode of our How We Did It podcast, a podcast dedicated to dentists teaching dentists featuring our top practice award winners. I'm thrilled to introduce Dr. Rick Crowder of Crowder Family Dentistry. Thank you for taking some time out of your schedule to be with me. I'm so excited to have you here.
1: Thanks, Alex. It's good to uh, be here and it's an honor to get the award. So I appreciate it.
0: Congratulations. All right, so initially I'd love to learn just a little bit more about you and your background, um, what your journey in the dental industry has looked like, um, and a little bit about your practice.
1: I'm uh, more untraditional um, as a dentist. I'm actually a third generation dentist, um, but I decided very early on that I had no interest in going into dentistry. So um, I kind of took a roundabout way getting here and and I practiced law for a few years um, before I really felt uh, called into the, the family business, so to speak, um, and ended up, uh, going into dental school I want to say when I was 28 I think is when I started dental school um, and so um, had a couple of kids and married and my wife was in her career and and we decided to, to kind of uproot everything and and move to Kansas City and go to school so um, kind of going through school uh, as a non-traditional student um, I I was kind of in a hurry, you know, when I got out. I, I didn't want to, um, you know, kind of take the the time to do the the um, associateship or or, you know, kind of work through that way. I really was in a hurry to to start paying back the the work I'd put in and the the sacrifices that my family had made. Um, my dad uh, was an orthodontist, and so when I decided not to specialize. Um, and knew that I wasn't going to be returning back to my hometown. Um, we just kind of decided, you know what, we're going to set up a, a new practice and hang out a shingle and and go for it. Um, so in uh, September 11th of 2006, which I always joke with my, my staff and my patients, it's an easy one to remember and we can't really celebrate it. Um, but we'll have our 17th, I guess. Am I doing the math right? 16th or 17th? anniversary this september Uh, so september 11th 2006 we had one patient and september 12th of 2006 we had one patient and the 13th we had one patient and it was me and a dental assistant who had never worked at a dental office before and a front desk who had just graduated college and had never worked in a dental office before and we just kind of figured it out as we went along Um, because obviously i had worked in orthodontic offices but i hadn't worked in a general dental dental office and uh, so we just kind of slowly played that game and and uh, i think we made six thousand dollars in september of 2006. and um, i i remember calling a friend of mine who who went in with his dad um, and just kind of saying man i don't know i can't imagine ever you know, breaking even on this thing. How are you producing, you know, $10,000 a day? That's, that's just crazy. Um, and, uh, here we are 16 years later and in 2022, we, uh, finally broke a million dollars in production and, and, you know, 800,000 plus in, um, collections and, and have, you know, several thousand patients and three hygienists. And it's just, um, been kind of a crazy little journey. So it is not the normal. uh, I would be really, I would be really surprised if anybody out there that watches or listens is like, oh yeah, that's exactly how I went through this. Um, But it, uh, God led us through it in kind of a crazy way, but it's been a lot of fun.
0: Oh my goodness. There's so much to unpack there. Your story is so rich. And congratulations about 2022. That's very exciting. Um, I want to ask you, what made you decide to make the switch from law to dentistry
1: so and i still have my legal license i i i worked too hard to get it so i'm not giving it up but it's not i don't keep it active uh, but um you know i i tell i tell kids all the time when they're in my chair or when i'm seeing them at church or different things if you don't love what you do it doesn't matter how much you make Um, You know, somebody can be handing you hundred dollar bills over your shoulder all day long. And if you don't love what you do, is it really worth it? And um, my wife is a veterinarian. Um, She's now a board certified veterinary dentist. But at the time she was still practicing just general veterinary dentistry. And I would come home at the end of the day and she would come home at the end of the day. And we just had very different days. Um, And I just didn't love what I was doing. Um, Not that you can't love being a lawyer, and I know lots of just amazing um, legal professionals that love what they do, and I just didn't. And I was doing a lot of medical malpractice defense, and so the farther along I got, the more I realized how much I loved the medicine uh, more than the malpractice. Um, And one day, my dad uh, was—we were having breakfast uh, right before Thanksgiving. I had a two-year-old daughter, and my wife was eight months pregnant with our son. And uh, I was having breakfast with my dad and mom. And and out of the blue, my dad said, have you thought about going back to dental school? I don't know why he asked. I, maybe he was donating money, you know, as an alum. And he was thinking maybe I can ease up on donations or something. And and I just kind of laughed because he didn't know that I was really struggling with, with what should I do for a career. And uh, I said, Dad, I'd be, you know, 32 when i got out i'd be 34 if i went into ortho and he looked at me and and in the greatest parental wisdom of all time he said yeah but you'd be 34 anyway and i thought that's a great that's just a great way to live your life to say that you know i don't ascribe any value in and of itself to the longevity that i do something i ascribe value to to what it adds to my life what it adds to my family's life And you're right. I'm going to be 34 whether I love what I do or I hate what I do. So I might as well do what it takes to love what I do. Um, So I gave notice at the law firm and and they kind of looked at me funny. And then when they heard what I was planning on doing, which required me to go back to to college to get intro sciences, because I was a political science major. I had taken baby chemistry. That was it in college. Uh, once they heard that, I think they were kind of relieved that they were getting rid of this crazy guy who was taking. You know, I hadn't, uh, I hadn't been accepted. I hadn't taken anything. You know, I hadn't even taken the DAT. And um, so, in in December of 2000, I gave notice and started at Wichita State University, taking intro biology and and organic or inorganic chemistry. And I think I had to take college algebra also and uh, just crazy and then ended up getting in and starting at umkc in um 2002.
0: awesome wow that's such a great token of wisdom what your dad said and it's cool to see how it's come full circle for you
1: right it really is it's really been fun and and for them you know he's still alive and now my daughter who was uh four six how old was she she was four i guess when i started dental school um she is now in her third year at umkc dental school and she's the fourth generation dentist so she was taking classes in in classrooms that i had taken her when she was running a little fever and we couldn't send her to daycare and we'd sit in the back of the classroom and so that's been kind of fun and she'll actually join my practice here in another um in another year two years when she gets out
0: Oh well, congratulations to your daughter. That's so sweet. Yeah. All right. I'm curious to know your answer to this. Being a third-generation dentist with kind of an unconditional pathway, how would you define a top practice in dentistry?
1: Boy, uh, you know, I think everybody has to define it for themselves. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, I have classmates and friends that are, um, you know, running multi doctor multi-office practices i have some some classmates that have you know started their own dso's or have joined dso's Um, and then i've got classmates that work part-time um and so i have always placed a high value on my time i've always um, valued my time more than my income so what what i look at as a top practice um has probably changed some over the years too um and so as a as a third generation dentist i looked at at my grandfather who was a general dentist back in the 60s and 70s and um then my my dad who was an incredibly successful orthodontist through the the 80s and 90s and and 2000s and um you know for me so much of my success through the early years was being able to take off to go see my kids um, play sporting events or or do activities or be there for them um you know taking long weekends and going you know camping doing things um now i i you know i also i guess i've always kind of gauged it also in that i've i'm able to provide jobs for for my employees, and that's always meant a lot to me. i it seems like I've always had at least one single mother that's been an employee. Um, and so you you feel the weight of responsibility, I guess, as an employer, but also a, a lot of pride. Um, and so to me, um, as I've been able to to hire more employees, I see that as okay that that defines a successful practice. And then once kayla, um, you know, decided she wanted to go to dental school, and and then um, once she decided that she didn't want to specialize, that she she really wanted to to do the general dentistry, and was going to come in with me. Um, you know, I think it's changed a little bit, and so now I'm looking at top practice more as um, producing, growing this practice to build it so a second doctor can afford to come in, um, and and that we can continue to grow, and and we're in the process of of um hopefully building a new building here in the next few months breaking ground on that to to go from you know about an 1100 square foot uh rental facility to a, a six thousand square foot uh, main floor you know nine operatory multi-doctor practice um and so you know and so the numbers become a little more important um and i think if i had you know um uh, uh, I was blessed having you know my wife uh, being um, you know owning her own business also and and being a very, very successful businesswoman. Um, so that maybe allowed me to to not have to look at some hard metrics for a while. Um, and so now that i've I've been at it for this long, it's it's kind of nice to look at those metrics. and and then a little bit, um, you know, I look back at some of the numbers from early on, and I think, what, you know, Why didn't I, you know, implement some of these things um, a long time ago? Um, But it's by owning my own practice, I've been able to develop it organically. It's kind of grown as I've grown. You know, as I got faster as a general dentist, the practice got faster. And um, as I got more confident doing certain procedures, we started doing more procedures and placing implants or doing endo or doing, you know, whatever it might be. Um, and so it's just kind of grown organically and now that that my kids are are uh, mostly out of the house and and um, we're kind of ramping up for this new um, endeavor with with my oldest daughter we um, I, I define it different now so you know I am looking more at the numbers and and where can we go how you know what can our production be while we're still maintaining the the level of reviews that we're getting and 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 just serving people you know that's that's what i define it when i see um i I live within walking distance of my office so when i see patients out in the community when i see them on walking trails when i see them at church when i see them at the grocery store um I, i consider that a top practice that that i can walk down the grocery store and and say oh there's that's a patient that's a patient that's a patient um that's fun
0: yes for sure i love your response i haven't heard anything like that and it's been awesome to see how your answer has grown with you um, with the different stages in your life and the different stages of your practice that's really great along the lines of your community how would you say you differentiate your practice from other practices within your community
1: you know we're really and i think most communities are are blessed this way they're just an incredible group of dentists and and uh, i'm so proud of our profession and one of the things i love about our profession is is we still love it you know you you interview and you talk to to medical professionals or nurses or um and, and they're so burnt out and they're so tired and they but you talk to dentists and just almost uniformly they love what they do so you know we i I had an an older dentist years ago when i first opened kind of make a joke about you know because i was telling them i'm moving into this space it's somewhat near where you are i want to make sure you don't think i'm trying to compete with you and and she just kind of laughed and she said she said rick we're not in competition with each other we're in competition with chief season tickets and the big screen tv and the the all-inclusive vacation to mexico And, and i've really taken that to heart over the years that that when it comes to the private practitioner we're really all in this together we're all trying to to protect dentistry as a oral health provider um you know and and as more and more of the the corporate dentistry grows um you know there there does come some how are we differentiating ourselves from um as a private practice office from a corporate office um And it really, for me, has always come down to being a hometown. I have always said I wanna be a small town dentist in a big metropolitan area. I practice in a suburb of Kansas City. Um, Like I said, I live a half mile from my office, and when we build, uh, we're actually gonna be even closer um, than I am right now. So I will walk to work when it's nice out. Um, And so my goal has always been to create, early on, a marketing program that just kind of flooded the the area with the name of the practice um, i was older already and so i really didn't want somebody coming in asking how long i'd been in practice i, I people were going to walk in see me with the gray hair know that oh he just assumed oh he must have been out for a while um, not not realize that hey you're the very first patient i've seen without a doctor over my shoulder Mm -hmm. Um, and so we really flooded the market early on um just with our name our logo our brand um you know uh, selecting insurance companies that were in the community also that were you know part of large provider um, networks with employers near us um you know sponsoring sports teams um, sponsoring the high school band um just getting out and about doing um visits to employers and and health fairs and those sorts of things and really over the last 10 years we have spent nothing on marketing um we um it's word of mouth it's it's again being in the community you know so i think one of the things that differentiates me from from other dentists in my community, as I'm pretty sure I'm the only dentist that lives in the in the community. Also, um, you know, a lot of them, you know, they all live nearby, but but they don't necessarily live in Lenexa, Kansas. Um, and so that's always been, you know, something that that you're going to see me at uh, at the area because I don't, you know, live somewhere else and drive in to to see my patients. I'm I'm literally here and. And um, I have patients that will stop me at church. And I always joke with the kids that at church, I'm just your friend. I'm not your dentist. But if you ever have a question, you come ask me. But if you're eating candy or drinking soda, I'm not going to you know, <laughs> give you the evil eye or anything. But, you know, you'll have people stop you and say, hey, I've, this tooth has been bothering me. Do you, you know, can you take a look at it? Sure. Here's, you know, let's let's talk about it. Um, so that's that's probably how I've differentiated myself the most.
0: That's great. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah. All right. So, we are partnered through eAssist, mm-hmm. and you know that eAssist helps the practice on the back end. Can you speak a little bit about what initially brought you to eAssist and how having eAssist has impacted your practice?
1: Yeah. So, um I want to say I started and you may have this this information on sorry, I, I should have looked it up. I want to say I started with eAssist in 2021. Okay. Um I believe or maybe 20, maybe late 2020. Um, But anyway, it's only been a few years now. And really what brought me to it at the time was um, I had a a front desk who was retiring, um, backing off uh, initially, and then retiring completely. Um, I was moving uh, a longtime dental assistant, um up front she she really was going to be excellent up front but she didn't have the the experience with um with the financial end with the insurance filing um and so it really was um kind of a nice synchronicity of being able to to stumble across um e um the other thing that it did for us is i'm in a thousand square feet i don't have any room i mean we literally um, we have six employees currently and we don't have room to meet even as a staff we have to sit up front in the re- in the reception room and even then we have to roll a chair in so I didn't have if we're going to continue to grow and continue to provide services and and continue you know to try to increase profitability um, we just needed the physical plant that we just didn't have to match the new employees and so being able to partner with eAssist assist where you know, with Riley and Deb, and we can bring you know these employees on um, is how I've always thought of them. Um, I've never physically met them. I you know we talk to them every week and uh, you know on uh, on Zoom calls and my staff. I think my my front desk probably talked to them every day all day. You know, through the the chat, um, they are you know an extension of our of our staff, um, and so they have really been able to take over so much of what um, this very experienced um, long-time dental front desk had been doing and make that transition really seamless Um, it also really helped because the downside of being a local dentist and a small dental office is it's real easy for patients to to get to you Um, and that makes it real easy for patients to ask well, can you help me out? Can you give me a little discount? Can you, it really, is it cost this much? Can I make some payments? Can I, and of course we always want to help people. That's why we're in this business because we love it. And so our inclination and even my staff's inclination is always, yeah, what can we do to help you out? Um, But as my wife has made it clear uh, to me and, and my staff over the years, their job is to protect me from me, and their job is to collect money because we've got to pay their salaries and we have to bring money home. And so one of the one of the other things that was so beneficial about about transitioning over some of this to eassist was it just created a little bit more of a I hesitate to say barrier, but but you're just one more step removed emotionally that makes it just a little bit easier to say you know what. Um, Doctor provides a pretty amazing dental experience, and and he's really really good at what he does, and his hygienists are incredible at what they do, and and they deserve to get paid um, for what they're doing, um, and so we're gonna just have that contact. We're gonna work with you. We're gonna we're gonna work with you to get paid, um, but just trying to create a little bit of of that um, more formal administration. You know, we never have this experience in medical, you know, when I, when my kids have had doctor's appointments or I've had surgeries or different things, there's never a time that I go to the surgeon that I can even access the surgeon to say, really, it's going to be this much. Can you work with me? No, I work with the, with the um, accounts payable department, you know, and, and, and I deal with them and, and that can be so frustrating and I didn't want to turn it over to, you know, just a a number cruncher that was going to berate my patients into pain. No, I don't want that. I still need somebody that reflects Crowder family dentistry that fits in with our everything we've talked about up to now,
0: Right.
1: Uh, that we are in the community. And that's what eassist has let us do, which has also allowed us to, you know, even try to, you know, when we talk about competition, some of the, some of the things that, that the economies of scale can provide that that I can't as a single dental office. Um, I can't compete with the DSOs or the very large um, practices um, that have, you know, full floor billing departments and insurance filing departments. And and we all know that that. Can you still hear me, by the way? Yes. Okay, sorry. I icon pop up that maybe you can hear me. Um, You know, post pandemic, especially insurance companies have really gotten. increasingly tight on what they're paying for and, and increasingly tight on what they're asking us to provide to even get paid. Mm-hmm. And and we can't afford to continue to be a profitable business, but also a, a business that is able to, to compete with the, the free exam, free x-rays, you know, $49 cleaning um, corporate chains. We, we can't compete with that unless we control our costs. And so we have to find every avenue that we can um, to keep our overhead as, as tight as it can be. And eAssist has, I mean, we've just continued to use them more and more, you know. And, and so shortly after using them for the, um, for kind of the billing insurance filing side, we, we also added in the insurance verification. Um, and that's been, uh, I think that's, one of the things right now that if I ever tried to take that away from my front desk, they would revolt um, because we were just running into those times that we were getting claims denied because that wasn't approved. The patient couldn't do it and the patient would have paid for it. And, and oftentimes the patient still did pay for it, but they had that bad taste in their mouth. You know, It, it, just, it was that surprise bill instead of the planned bill. And so being able to have the insurance verification to where, you know, as long as, as the patient gives us that notice that, hey, my insurance has changed, um, we're able to, to tell them pretty accurately here's, you know, we have verified that this is approved. Yes, it's okay for us to do these feelings. Yes, it's okay for you to be seen twice a year as opposed to six months in a day. Um, You know, yes, it's okay for us. You do need an extra cleaning during the year, but it's okay. It's going to be covered. Um, And and just scheduling them instead of having to call them back, um, which we all know helps um, just with patient compliance and and keeping them in the loop and in the system.
0: Mm -hmm. For sure. Well, thank you for sharing all that. That's so great to hear. And I love how you touched on having eAssist allows you to kind of remove yourself emotionally, but also still foster those strong community relationships that you have with your patients. That's really great.
1: Yeah, it really has.
0: All right. So on to our last question, and I think you'll probably have a unique take on this with your Uh daughter. Almost out of school here. Um, So being a provider that has an established office, if you were talking to a recent dental grad who was wondering what's next for me, where do I go from here? What would be your advice?
1: Boy, um, probably just stay true to who you are. Um, you know, I, I it's so easy in this day and age to get jaded, um, and to get discouraged and, and, um, you know, we see such a unique cross section within dentistry. Uh, I've I've joked with patients over the years that that all the world's problems can get solved in the dental chair. You know, we see such an incredibly unique cross section of society, whether it's it's different genders, different races, different creeds, backgrounds, socioeconomic status, political views, um, and and yet everybody always gets along and everybody can and have a normal conversation. So be true to yourself and, and if being true to yourself means that you know what I'm I'm young and hungry and and I just want to work as much as I can work right now. I'm 25 years old and you know no kids and I want to work 5 or 6 days a week and do whatever do it. That's uh, you know there will come a time I will tell you that you can't do it anymore um that it's exhausting. Um, but if on the other hand you you look and you say you know what I want to um, uh, I need for myself and for my my own mental health spiritual health physical health I need to to work these hours or I need to provide these services um, do that too um, where I see the the young dentists getting burnt out is is when they they come out and they, um, join a practice that just doesn't match who they are. Um, and, and we work really hard in dentistry and, and there is no illusion that any of the specialties have an easy time of it. And, and especially in this day and age, we all, we all are working hard. And I tell my patients all the time that when they joke about, Oh, you just work four days a week. Um, I I tell them all the time, you don't want me working on you on Friday. You don't want me to do a crown on you on Friday. I would venture to guess that my diagnostic skills at three o'clock in the afternoon are very different from my diagnostic skills at seven a.m. And so, um, you just have to be honest with who you are, and and make sure that that you're in an environment that lets you um, lets you do that. And, and again, if it's within a, a corporate dental office, if it's within a DSO, if it's you know within a, a multi-doctor private practice a family practice you know i've never had another doctor work with me so as much as i i love kayla and i think kayla and i are going to work incredibly well together um i don't you know we haven't done it yet um and so she may have a different answer you know in in three or four years um you know and so we're trying to do our research also and that's the other thing that i would i guess i would tell a young dentist um know when you're in school try to do that research get out and and shadow um even though you you know most of you shadowed before you went to dental school because it was required um get out and do that again now that you've been in it been in dental school a couple of years and and you're not looking so much at the procedures being done but look at the environment of the office look at the physical layout of the office what do you like um you know do you need lots of people around you to keep your energy level up or or do you get peopled out really quick and you need a smaller office um you know do do you want an office that you're just doing the restorative simple restorative stuff but all the big stuff's getting handled by the the owner older doctor and and you know um, you know how's the buyout going to be? All of these things, you know, factor in. But um, you know, we're trying to do that. Even with Kayla, I've got some mm-hmm. colleagues that that went into their parents' practice and and trying to learn from their successes and mistakes, and and kind of setting Kayla free also to say, don't rely on me. Um, you know, I I feel like I'm a very very good dentist, but I've also been out 16 years now, and there may be things I'm doing that I've gotten complacent on that, that you wanna do differently. Um, you know, there may be ways to run the practice that, that I'm not doing um, as well as we can do. And so just trying not to hold tightly to anything. We don't have any um, golden calves in the office. I, I tell every new hire, um, there's nothing that we're doing that we're doing so well that we tell anybody we can't ever do this better, so don't you dare suggest doing anything different um there's nothing we're doing that way we're always changing always grow always learn find something you know after you've been in it 10 years find something new that inspires you within dentistry that that just kind of reinvigorates you and and now for me it's it's you know bringing my daughter in i think if if she wasn't going to dental school who knows what i you know what maybe i would take the practice into a real boutique sort of setting and start whittling down the insurance companies I was taking or what, um, but instead we're going in the opposite and we're growing. And, and that's energizing and that's fun. So if you're not having fun, um, figure out what it is that you're having fun because you, you're going to be 34 anyway. So you might as well be 34 when you're doing something that's fun.
0: I love it. Thank you for sharing that. That's such great practical advice that I think will really resonate well with our audience. I know the beautiful thing about dentistry is it's so broad. So you can find something new. It is always changing. And I just love the advice, especially that you're 34 anyways. (laughs) A simple one-liner that we can all hold on to.
1: (laughs) Absolutely. Absolutely. Thanks, Dad. (laughs)
0: Well, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast. I really enjoyed our conversation and congratulations on your top practice award.
1: Thank you so much. It truly is an honor. We were, we were really excited and proud to show it off and get it on our social media and web page as soon as we got it. So we appreciate the assist very much and Alex, I appreciate your time today. You have a great rest of your day.
0: Thank you. You too. This podcast is sponsored by eAssist Dental Solutions, a platform dedicated to helping dentists get paid faster and get paid more. Dental insurance billing services provided through the eAssist platform can relieve your dental insurance headaches, get your over 90 insurance receivables near zero, and help you collect 100% of what you are rightfully owed by insurance companies. To learn more about how the eAssist platform can help your practice, or to schedule a free consultation, please visit dentalbilling.com.